Hi, welcome to the Ellis Talker Show. I'm D.V. LeBron. Today I have a very special guest, the District Attorney of Ellis County, Miss Ann Montgomery. How you doing, ma'am? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the Ellis Talker Show. I wanted to have you on for, you know, a crime kind of update from your level, because I've had the, the chiefs of police and the sheriffs on, the sheriff on, and I kind of wanted to get kind of a crime update from where you see it, and then also talk about your reelection campaign, because uh, you're running for reelection. So I thought that uh, we go ahead and put that out to Ellis County. Sure. Sure. Where would you so, like to start? Well, first, there is a lot of people that have moved here. And they may not know that what a district attorney does, who's their district attorney. So let's let's start with who's the district attorney and what they do. Sure. And actually, I'm a county attorney. Um, county. I'm a county attorney with felony responsibility because we do not have a district attorney in Ellis County. Um, so I perform the functions of both the county attorney and the district attorney. We handle anything from class C misdemeanor offenses up to capital murder cases on the criminal side. I have a civil division that handles civil work on behalf of the county. I also have a family justice division that handles um, family-related matters, child protective services, protective order, juvenile matters. So in total, I have 53 employees in my office, and plus myself makes it 54. Wow. It's, it's, it's a... It's quite an office going there. I have been there. Um, I got to see a little bit of your office, and that was pretty cool. Uh, how long you been? Uh, you know, how long you been in Ellis County, and and how, how long did? You, if you answer that, I'm sorry, but how long you've been in office? Um, I started in the district attorney's county attorney's office, but we always say district attorney; it just shortens it. Um, mm -hmm. In February of 20, uh, 2003, I started as a misdemeanor attorney. I stayed in that office, worked my way up um, to the first assistant. When the elected decided not to run in 2019, I decided I was going to run for office, which I was elected in the primary in March of 2020. I did not have a Democrat opponent in November, so I took office January 1st of 2021 as the elected county and district attorney. Wow. And so you've been doing this a while in 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 various levels of, uh, of yes. the various levels of of. DA stuff. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with DA. It's just easier. It's easier. <laughs> so it's easier. I'm just going to go with DA. So, um, so this, this County is growing. There's a lot going on. Um, there's a lot of different crimes. Since you've been in office, what kind of culture have you fostered in your, in your, in the DA's office? What I've tried to foster is, um, Family is first in my office. Um, if I have employees that are having family issues or anything, family comes first, job comes second. Um, that's, that's just the way that, um, and I think it is, it is really helped, um, in my office. Um, we have very much, a, a friendly atmosphere in my office for lack of a better word. Um, we believe in training. Um, we spend a lot of time training our young misdemeanor attorneys so that they can go and become experienced felony attorneys. Um, so we have a lot of fun in the office, but we also have a lot of work that we have to get done. I can only imagine. Now, how do you, um, you know, since you've been the district attorney, how how do you prioritize cases? Because there's not unlimited funds. So how do you prioritize cases? How, how do you go about that with the resources that you have? We look at the violent crimes um, that are going to take a priority. Um, people that are in defendants that are accused of crimes that are in jail on bond, those are going to take a priority. Oh, they're not on bond. They're going to take a priority. Um, they're going to, uh, crimes against children take a priority um, just by statute. Those do need to come first. So um, if it's your drug offenses or your lower, lower level felony offenses, um, those 
they don't take a back seat, but they're not as much of a priority as the um, violent crimes that we have. There, uh, throughout the country, there has been a movement by certain DAs to, you know, not enforce certain things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I did ask your challenger about this, you know, because there are, it is a problem. Like there's, they're actually coming out and say, look, we're not going to enforce petty crime or we're not going to enforce this. As a DA, have you ever said that? And will you ever say that? No, I have not ever said that, nor will I ever say that. What I have said when I ran for office the first time and that what I'm saying this time is if the legislature does not want me to prosecute the crime, then they need to repeal the law. Um, Other than that, the crime, all the crimes are prosecuted in Ellis County. Excellent. Excellent. So crime, as, as we were saying earlier, the county is growing. Talk to me about your, your, we'll talk on misdemeanors and then we'll get into felonies. What, what kind of uh, property crime are you seeing? Are you seeing a rise in that, um, that's coming by your office? Not necessarily, just, uh, just to lay some groundwork in North Central Texas Council of Governments area, there's 15 counties. Last year, we grew 5.1% and we were the fastest growing county in our North Central Texas COG region. Um, So I look at those numbers every year when I'm preparing my budget. Um, They're anticipating that we've got about 212,000 now and they're anticipating next year around 230,000 in population in Ellis County. So we are growing and you have to consider Collin County is in our region um, and Dallas and Tarrant Um, But even though we are number five in population in our in our region, we are the fastest growing at this at this point. And and have you since you've been the the district attorney, are are you seeing a, you know, a massive explosion of cases or just a steady rise? What kind of what kind of numbers is that looking like? It's kind of it's a steady rise. And you asked me about misdemeanors earlier. Um, What we're seeing, of course, is your DWIs, your assaults. shoplifting, um, your thefts, criminal trespass. We're not seeing as much possession of marijuana cases. Um, In 2019, the law changed regarding marijuana, um, which made it, prior to that, you could used to have an officer come and say, it it was green, it was leafy, and it smelled of marijuana. You can't do that anymore. You have to have a lab report um, that shows the quantity of THC. Since that time, um, we used to get around 700, 750 marijuana cases every year. We're down to about 150. Um, that's what we were at um, at the end of August for misdemeanor cases. So that has reduced some of the misdemeanor caseload. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that definitely, you know, taking it down a notch there. Um, so the other, th- the, the other component is felonies. And let's talk about violent <laughs> crimes and murders. How, how many murders have you had to prosecute what what's going on there has it risen i mean is the murder rate rising a little bit um in january of 2021 when i took office i had 10 pending homicides in my office um two of them have been pending since 2016 one from 2017 one from 2019 three from 2020 um so i had i had quite a few when i took office um So from January to December of that year, we had 13 additional homicides that were added to that docket, and we disposed of two. In 2022, we added seven homicides. Um, And in 2023, year to date, we've added 10 homicides uh, to our docket. Um, So as of right now, we have 25 that are pending. Um, Last year, we were able to resolve nine, the year before, 12. 
Um, some of those could be when it's presented to the grand jury, it's no build and it doesn't go forward. Some of them are trials, um, some of them are plea bargains. Understand one of the challenges that we have had is when I took office, the court system was shut down um, through the Office of Court Administration because of the pandemic. So what we had to do was get the court system up and running, which was June of 2021, but we didn't start trying major felony cases until January of 2022. Um, so since that time, we've been really working on that fel- uh, that COVID backlog that we've that we had. That was one of the things that were brought up about the the backlog. So I want to hit that real quick before we move on felonies, since we we you, you touched on it. Um, the backlog of of cases was brought up that you know that's creating a, a you know that's creating it's it's more people in the jail. It's mm-hmm. it's rising the population. Um, it, it's just a backlog. So. It's it's a COVID thing. Um, what are you doing to speed? What would you like to do? What are you looking to do? What what's going on with that? With speeding that along? Sure. In January of twenty um, twenty two, we were made aware of, that the federal government was giving us funds using the American Recovery um, Act (ARPA) funds. I requested five additional positions through the commissioner's court: two felony attorneys, two felony investigators, and a clerk. All of those assigned to the felony division to specifically help with that felony backlog. That's not Ellis County taxpayer money. That's federal government money money that was given to us. Um, so that is covered, if I'm not mistaken, through the end of next year, all of those salaries. So I was able to hire those additional positions. Um, in May of that year, I created a grand jury intake division so that I moved one person over into that, that division that does nothing but screen cases and get them to the grand jury for a, either a no bill or an indictment so that we can get them in the court system. Um, we have to remember the population's rising. So with the rise in population, there will be a little bit more crime, which means there's going to be more people potentially in jail. But I'm only one cog in that wheel. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that play into um, making the system move forward. So we, we talked about uh, murders. So what, something that's, um, that I ask about every time you've been on and, and every local uh, entity, uh, that enforces crime in in Ellis County, sex trafficking, sexual sexual crimes. Now mm-hmm. I want to applaud you because I've seen some. You've made public some of your posts about some of these egregious egregious sex offenders that you put behind bars. So can you speak on sex crimes in general? Yeah. Well, what I can say is violent felony cases, and we've been really coming through the Office of Court Administration statistics that are given to them by our district clerk. Violent offenses include capital murder, murder, homicides, ag assault, uh, attempted murder, sexual assault, your crimes against children, um, family violence, aggravated robbery and robbery. And so what we what we're seeing is from 2016 to 2019, because 2020 was an unusual year for statistics. Um, on average, we had about 16 to 19% of felony, violent felony filings. The average this year, we're right at 20%. So we're not as low as we used to be. So those are just a little bit higher. The difference also is the number of drug possession cases have gone down. Um, in 2019, we peaked at about 47% of our cases were drug possession. Now we're at 30. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Now, um, sex crimes, just in general, those murder felonies, um, is there something that your office in particular has been focusing on 
in more generally as far as since you've been office, like something you really, because I know that you prosecute all crime, you, you, you get on it, but is there something that you were mainly, that you created a task force or maybe focused on a little bit more? Sure. And what people, what I want the citizens to understand is the police investigate the crimes. They find a suspect, arrest them, turn the case into my office. Um, sometimes cases come up as a grand jury referral um, to see what a grand jury would do. And if that happens and they're indicted, then we issue a warrant after the fact. But police agencies do investigate these crimes. Some of the things that I have done since taking office is all of the agencies pretty much had my cell phone number prior to me taking office. But now they have my cell phone my county cell phone, my first assistant cell phone, and my first assistant's county cell phone. We are available 24-7 to answer any calls from law enforcement. We are available to go to homicide scenes if they need our assistance. Um, year to date, from 2021 to now, we have attended nine homicide scenes um, to assist the agencies upon request. Um, I am only there if requested by those entities. We've got some fantastic law enforcement officers in the county, and they do a, a wonderful job of getting great cases to us. But sometimes they do need a little assistance, maybe with reviewing a warrant, and we're able to do that. One of the other things that I've done since taking office is previously we did not have grand jury subpoenas. Since taking office, we've issued almost 700 grand jury subpoenas. So law enforcement is able to come to us if they don't have a suspect, maybe they need bank records. So they come to us and go to the grand jury and get a grand jury subpoena. So we're able to help them on the front end of an investigation. Um, once it, in 2021, it wasn't quite as many this year. We're, we're, we're getting up there. We have almost 700 total for three years through August of this year. Wow. That is a lot. That is a lot. That, that's kind of scary a little bit that, that, that many grand jury trials. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely, you know, well, they're not trials. Now just remember a grand jury is an investigative body. So, um, what we're able to do is present them with a subpoena, explain to them why that the law enforcement agency needs it. And they're able to sign off on that so that the grant, so that the police agency can continue to investigate the case. And that's only in cases in which there's not a defendant arrested. Have you, um, in your time in office, have you tried to uh, foster or try to improve your relationship with the local law enforcement in, in order to, to make this criminal justice system operate more, more smoothly? A hundred percent. Since taking office, I wanted to work on the office's relationship with law enforcement agencies in the county. They have my cell phone. They have my first assistant's cell phone. They can usually reach the chief of each division if they need to. They know we are available 24-7 if they need us. Um, We've also instituted additional law enforcement training. Um, they've requested testifying and report writing. We're doing that this week. Um, oh, actually, it's next week. Uh, it's Thursday and Friday of next week. Um, we have a sexual assault response team um, that offers training at least twice a year for law enforcement handling those types of cases. So we're doing everything we can at the request of law enforcement. Um, if they need training, we say, what do you need? And we'll try to get it together and put it on. That that's great because that all of it has to come together in order to make make for an efficient CJ system. Well, since you've been there, what have you done to um, bring transparency to your office? Sure, one of the things I've done is started our Citizens Prosecutor Academy. Um, that was one of the things I said during the campaign that I wanted to start. Police agencies have been having this for a long time, but it's not very often in prosecutors' offices. Um, so twice a year, we're on our fourth class right now. We started in the spring of 2022. We offer the Citizen Prosecutor Academy where citizens can enroll and come and spend 
um, one night a week with us for 10 weeks and learn all about what we do and why we make some of the decisions that we make. Um, there are some things, I have never used that word transparency because I think it's a political buzzword. Um, there's some things in my office that I just can't be transparent about. Um, crimes, some of the crimes against children's victims' names. Uh, there's just some things I can't talk about. Grand jury is one of them. Um, what grand jury looks at, what they decide, why they decide it, I can't talk about that. Um, but I will be as transparent as I can using that word um, through our Citizen Prosecutor Academy. And plus, all of my stuff is open uh, pretty much to the public uh, because it's taxpayer funds that fund my office. What's the biggest misconception that you've seen when talking to people about your office? They think it's just criminal and it's not. That That's a large part, but our office does other things too. And a lot of other things, um, child protective services, the juvenile cases, protective order, mental commitments, the civil work for the county. Um, there, there's a lot of other things that we do. Um, there's a lot of civil things that we do that are tangentially related to criminal matters. Um, there's like 17 different things that we can do, um, whether it's an officer who maybe needs to have um, a defendant biologically tested because he was spit on or something. We file that and help them with that or we can. Um, if they won't agree to that testing for any kind of um, communicable diseases. Uh, so those are things that our office does um, other than just prosecute criminal cases. That's a large part of it, but that's not all of it. Um, one thing that I should have asked you earlier, but I, I definitely want to touch on is uh, plea deals. How, how, how much do you use that, that tool and, and do you like using that tool? Do you think it's an effective, are you using it effectively? Plea bargains are absolutely a necessity in the system. Um, when you think about the number of cases that we have pending and the number of weeks or days that we have for trials, there's absolutely no way we could get through without plea bargains. Um, what we do is try to make our recommendations based on what we have seen juries do. Um, so we try to make them in comparison. Um, we have some other programs that could possibly help also. Um, Pre-child diversion programs for misdemeanor and felony offenses, especially first-time offenders um, and those with no criminal history. Um, maybe we can divert them so that they don't come back through the system. Um, so if we did not have plea bargains, the criminal justice system would almost come to a complete halt. Okay. And, and I think know, for the most counties utilize, seven, they're going to say 75 to 80% of the cases are probably resolved through a plea bargain. I can understand that. Now, you know, talking about those uh, those different programs, one of the programs that you instituted since you've been in office is the VET program. We've talked about it. I, 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 I want to thank you again publicly for uh, helping my brothers and sisters in arms that that run into problems and with this veterans court. Um, can you kind of speak on how you got that going and, and, and what's going on with that? Sure. That was a long process. Um, I delegated that to my misdemeanor chief probably in the summer of 2021. We started looking into the grants that were available um, and what it would take to get it up and going. So we were able to apply for a grant through the Texas Veterans Commission. We were awarded that grant in the amount of $110,000, um, which is coming from the state of Texas so that we can get a coordinator and um, get our veterans court up and going. In the meantime, we had Judge Wallace um, the, of the 378 designated as the Veterans Treatment Court for Ellis County. So there were, there were many hoops that we had to jump through with the court, having them designated as a Veterans Court, asking the Commissioner's Court permission to go out for the grant, having, having 
once we were awarded the grant, having it accepted. And about a month ago, I went to Dallas and had the what they call the big check ceremony, uh, where they handed Ellis County the big check in the amount of one hundred ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it, it has been a labor of love, and I am so thankful that your office has has gone into it. Um, I, I I don't shy away from that one. I, I try to be unbiased and unpartisan, but when it comes to my brothers and sisters in arms, I'm so grateful that that was instituted. My father was a veteran. He served in the Korean War. Um, so I think he would be proud of that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm proud of that. Thank you. Um, what has been the what has been the biggest uh, since you've come into office? What has been the biggest impediment for you to do your job as a district attorney? You know, um, growth of the county is huge. Um, the COVID backlog has just it's been difficult, um, but we've worked through it. Um, you know, when I came into office, I didn't come in and say, let's change a bunch of stuff. I came in and said, let's evaluate and see what's working and what's not working. We can no longer be in office like we were pre-COVID. Um, all of the law enforcement agencies now have body cams. Um, because of that, we have a, whole, a lot more digital media that we're having to give to the defense. Um, we learned that our computer software system was just not working and keeping up with what we have now. Um, so in 2022, we started the process for going out for bid through the county um, to, to improve our computer software system. Um, it was awarded by the county, and hopefully in the spring of next year, we will transition to that. We've already started the conversion process. Um, what that will do will enable law enforcement agencies to upload cases to us. We can download them in our office, and then we can also send them to the defense attorneys. As it is now, law enforcement comes and brings me a whole lot of paper when they need to turn in a case. Um, and then we scan it, and there's a lot of work that goes into the background for our office. Um, that won't, hopefully, next year, that will change drastically, and that will improve. Um, the, de the defense bar has wanted this for a long time, but law enforcement has wanted this for a long time. Um, if you can imagine being in Milford, and you're one of two officers on the scene, you know, on shift, and you need to stop and bring the district attorney's office a bunch of files. Um, that won't be necessary anymore when we go to this new system. That sounds like going to make it more efficient. Before I move on to the, the election stuff, um, is there any statistics you wanted to share with the public about what you've done since you've been in office? Well, you've already touched on some of it. The Veterans Court, the pretrial diversion programs that we started for first-time offenders and those without um, criminal history, um, the Citizen Prosecutor Academy, the new grand jury subpoena process has been huge. Um, when I took office, I started working with the Children's Advocacy Center and the Governor's um, Task Force on Human Trafficking, and we came up with our so child sex trafficking protocols that are signed. We still meet as a care coordination council so that we can make sure we're on target with um, child sex trafficking. Um, I've hosted Rotary luncheons with Rotary on um, human trafficking, trying to educate everybody to what they need to look for in human trafficking, and if they see it, what to do. Um, We've worked on the office's relationship with law enforcement. Um, one of the big things that we've re recently accomplished, it's always my goal as a case comes in to get it screened as quickly as possible. We're within a month now on misdemeanor cases. So when a case comes into our office, it is screened typically within a month unless we're waiting on laboratory results or something else from the law enforcement agency. Um, felony cases, we're right at three months on those cases, which is pretty normal. Um, 
unless it's a major case or a um, child case or something in which we're waiting on labs. Those might take a little bit longer. Um, so sometimes on those major cases, we have fantastic law enforcement, but maybe we need a little bit more information. It takes a little bit longer to get to the grand jury. Um, you have to understand on some of these homicide cases, we're getting up to 40 hours or more on body cams alone. So somebody has to review those. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. I can imagine that builds up. I mean, if you got five cases in 40 hours, you I mean, I, I'm not a great at math, but that's a lot of hours of watching. And one of the things, it used to be years ago that we had our chief felony attorneys were the ones who did all the homicides or the major cases, um, which you can imagine if one person leaves the vacuum that that would create. We are training all of our felony attorneys to handle those cases, and pretty much half of them now can do that when it comes to our felony division. Um, we have had um, newer attorneys set second chair on cases, and then they're given their own case to handle. So we are training our staff so that, um, you know, it's not just one or two people doing all the heavy lifting on those cases with 40, 80 hours of videos. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, um, this is where this is where it becomes the fun part. So sure. you are running for reelection and, you know, you, you must be a glut for punishment because you're going to put yourself through the gauntlet that is Ellis County politics. It thank is. you, as I do with everybody who runs and everybody who's serving. Thank you so much for wanting to serve your community. It is, sure. it is hard. It is not an easy thing. And you put yourself out there um, for criticism, for ridicule, for praise, for everything. You put yourself out there. So um, why do you want to do this again? I've always served the citizens of Ellis County, and I've always been a prosecutor. Um, I am an active member of this of, of Ellis County. Um, I'm in many organizations. I'm in many civic organizations, and I want to keep this community safe. How can I do that? By serving. Um, I have seen the hard work and dedication that my staff is putting in um, for the citizens of Ellis County, and I want to continue to lead that office forward. Um, we, we've made some great strides but we have some more things that we can do. And I want to keep doing that. What do you see your, your biggest challenges being if you're reelected? What, what do you see, what do you envision this, this district attorney's office uh, going to as we, as you move forward, if you're reelected? Growth. Um, right now, one of our biggest challenges is space. I'm completely out of space in my office. I have no empty cubicles. I have no empty offices. Um, when we moved into that office 13 years ago, it was a, supposed to be a 30-year building, um, and I'm full. So we've changed conference rooms into attorney rooms, so I have attorney sharing offices right now. So that is huge. Um, the growth of the county, I don't think anybody expected our population to explode the way it has. And so that is a major challenge that we have to overcome. Um, transitioning into the new computer software next year, um, when you're converting 20 plus years worth of data, um, making sure you don't lose anything and making sure you have those statistical information. Um, it's a little scary, um, but I want to see that software through. Um, I think it's going to be fantastic for the future of the county. Uh, we're training our new prosecutors to be good felony attorneys. We start from day one. I have an experienced felony attorney as the misdemeanor chief who is teaching them what they need to do. Um, one of my biggest challenges is uh, right now, I, I have other, uh, other counties trying to take some of my attorneys away. Um, 
because we're training good lawyers and we're, we're getting known in the state for having a great team. Um, and Ellis County, it, it pays better than what it did, but it doesn't match what Dallas or Tarrant pay. Um, we just don't have the tax base for that. Um, so that's a challenge. Getting and keeping your staff is, is just a challenge in a post-COVID world. If you Google prosecutor shortages in the state or the nation, um, it's amazing what you will find. We have to go out and recruit now, which we never had to do before. Um, you used to get hundreds of applicants for a job and you don't do that anymore. Um, so we literally go into law schools and try to recruit. Um, we offer post-bar intern positions so that if they've taken their bar exam and they want a job, they can come to work for us. And hopefully when they pass their bar exam, then they're able to transition into a full-time position. We just did that last week. We had two post-bar interns and their results came out, which were positive. And so we were able to swear them in as attorneys and then swear them in as prosecutors. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, getting the future going and then going over to the to the law schools. Um, you know, there you have an opponent now. And, you know, what? why why should the people of Ellis County choose you again? I have spent my entire career uh, in public service, and I want to continue to serve citizens of Ellis County. Before coming to Ellis County, I prosecuted attorneys for professional misconduct. Um, so I've always served the public. Um, under my leadership, we haven't become another Dallas County. Um, I care about law enforcement, and I care about justice in Ellis County. Um, I have the experience necessary to leave this office because I've been doing it since 2021, and I did it during a pandemic, which was challenging. Um, I'm making sure we have those good experienced prosecutors trying those cases that need to be tried. Um, I've handled every type of case in this office. Um, if I'm needed to go to court, I can do that in any area, not just the criminal. Um, and above all else, um, I'm a prosecutor. I've always been a prosecutor. I've always stood up and said, I represent the citizens of the state of Texas. And that is what the citizens of this county need. And that's what they deserve. That, that, Hey, sounds good. I this is the part of the show where I I shut up and I give you the mic. Unfortunately, we we run out of time. I mean, I could talk to you forever. There's so much that, that goes on with crime, you know, and, and it just happens to be the field that I'm in. So, you know, it, it is uh, it, I find it completely interesting. But I'm going to go ahead and shut up and give you the mic and let you talk directly to the, the voters of Ellis County. Sure. I think I've pretty much just said that, um, you know, I, I'm an active member of, of Ellis County. I'm involved in many different organizations um, and I care about the, the citizens of this county. They've been good to me. Um, I was born and raised in Johnson County, so I was just one county over. Um, but since I've been here, the citizens of this county have opened their arms to me and my family. Um, and I love being in Ellis County. And because of that, I've heard nothing on the campaign trail except don't turn us into Dallas County. Um, I haven't done that. Um, we've continued to prosecute cases. We continue to get fantastic verdicts. If you're not looking at our website, go to the Ellis County and District Attorney's um, Facebook page, and we do post those verdicts online. Um, I also have um, a campaign Facebook page, Ann Montgomery, Ellis County and District Attorney. And I have my campaign website, ammontgomery.com. Um, we've done fantastic things. Um, my prosecutors are working hard. Um, I could not be more proud of the people that I have working for me. That That is, uh, you know, it's always cool when you got a good team. And, and I have a fantastic team. 
And um, I want to continue to lead that team. And, you know, and I've heard leadership management, uh, you know, I lead the team, but I manage a $6.7 million budget. Um, so it's a lot of money. And I am a fiscal conservative. Um, just the other day, we had to buy lug nuts when we were on a car. Instead of buying them at a dealership for $400, we went and bought them for $100 just to save some taxpayer money. Um, so we do what we can. And when you look at my budget, more than 93%, little over 93% is on staff. So my operating budget is only 6.6% for this year. So we operate very lean. Um, and I have that budget experience that's necessary on um, leading this office. That is part of it. Money, it unfortunately, is. money is part of it. And and it's got a, it, it it's that necessary evil to keep everything functioning. But, you know, Miss Montgomery, I always love having you on and I appreciate you coming. I mean, it, it's always cool. I always get some insights and, um, you know, it's it's I always come out with more. And I know that the people of Ellis County come out with more. So well, um, DV, I always go to Lions Clubs and Rotary Clubs and other organizations. I do not mind coming on at any time and giving you um, here's what's going on in the DA's office and here's where we are on statistics. <laughs> And I could assure you, folks, I bug and and I bugged her, and she 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 has uh, she has come on. So you know that I I do appreciate that. Um, you know that when is um when is the election? March fifth. Early voting starts February twentieth, um, and the election is March fifth. It's it's a little bit of time. We're gonna go through Christmas and 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 November and stuff, but I'm sure things are heating up already. They are. Um, thank you so much again for coming on. Can you stick around after the show? Sure. Thank you.